Today I got reminded of an important lesson by somebody that was, uh, by basically a moron that I somehow got caught in a conversation with somebody on, uh, on my website. Uh, and I, and like I've told all of you, anybody can disagree with me as long as it's not mean spirited, uh, and you can back up with some evidence. I'm all good with conversation. Of course, this person violated both of those rules by getting personal when I wasn't being personal, calling names. By the way, you know, in logic, that's called arguing ad hominem, where you basically distract from the conversation by saying, oh, there's something wrong with you as a person They're not, by not sticking to the point. So this person had a logical fallacy, and then in addition to that, they had no evidence for what they were saying. But let me tell you what we're talking about. They were basically bothered by the fact that I was saying it's important to hang out with amazing people, great people, millionaires, billionaires, uh, you know, highly successful in their field. And and I'll tell you, this is a very common concept that if you're not careful, you will fall prey to. It's what I call the zeitgeist, which is the spirit of the times of the world that we live in, uh, that we somehow think that people who have made it to the top have somehow, uh, have often done it illegally, uh, immorally, some way in unfair. What's hard for all of us to accept is that sometimes people got ahead of us, whether it be financially or in what other, whatever area, uh, simply by hard work. If you want to test this theory, talk to someone about Arnold Schwarzenegger. First thing people bring up is, you know, he had this affair, scandal with where he, he had a kid with his nanny second thing they'll bring up is he had steroids he took steroids i mean the moronic view that that is of the man Arnold schwarzenegger now he's a man he's a fallible human like jesus christ said he of you who is without sin cast the first stone so which of us should would want the first thing brought up about us to be that flaw that we had in our life. Why not talk about the 50 amazing things about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Right? That's the first thing. Don't always let your mind move towards the flaw in some mentor or you'll end up with no mentors. I'm telling you, if you break down nearly every great person, even Mahatma Gandhi, I was talking to some girl not too long ago about Mahatma Gandhi and she's like, he's a horrible person. I'm like, how can you make that statement? And she brought up, I don't know, something he did that, I don't know, slept with a married, I don't even remember what it was. Some minutia. I'm like, why not focus on the fact that he, uh, he helped gain imp- independence for India from a colonial power? You know, what about all the great work he did for poor people in South Africa? Remember, we call this tall poppy syndrome. There's a problem in in society, it's a sickness, it's a viral, we, virus, we want to bring down great people. You don't do it, okay? You are now uh, being made to understand this. So you're responsible for more. You now understand that you should not fall into this. And I do it sometimes, but I try to get rid of it in my mind, and I highly recommend that you do it too. I read a study once. They were talking about countries like India, 
where there's immense differences between the poor and the wealthy, you know, people living on $14 a month versus people, you know, that are billionaires. And they were talking about how in India, um, they did a study, I think it was National Geographic, I don't remember the exact source, it was a prestigious magazine, and they were, and the author basically said he found five common ways that people put up with the inequality in a country like India. And this happens the same thing in the United States. And it's happened with you and it's happened with me. What we do is we create fear, avoidance, delusion. That's one of the 25 cognitive biases. So what we say is we go, uh, okay, I can't cope with the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger was more disciplined than me, that he dreamed, that his father rewired his brain by making him do push-ups before he ate breakfast at five years old. That Arnold Schwarzenegger was willing to put in six hours of working out to get the body that he did. That he won seven-time Mr. America. That he became a self-made millionaire. That every dream he put his mind to, he accomplished. And, you know, you and I probably can't say we've had that track record. So what we want to say is let's focus on his steroids. Or let's focus on his slip-up at 40 years old. Why? You don't be that person. It will hold you back. You be the person that says... Hey, humans are humans. Most likely reason that someone got to the top like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Mahatma Gandhi is by great deeds. I had someone post where I talk about Warren Buffett that Warren Buffett would sell his own grandmother's soul for a dollar or another person said he's part of the mafia. What those people can't cope with is maybe Warren Buffett just had the discipline, the self-control, the ambition, the humility to get role models. That that critic didn't have. You don't be the critic. You see the greatness in great people. And omit their flaws from your life. Right? And in addition to this, you don't be afraid and buy into the myth that people at the top probably got there through something illegal. Remember I said the study in India, they said there's five ways the average person copes with the massive success versus their massive failure. It's things like they probably stole their money. They probably inherited it. They probably, they got a lucky break when I didn't. Blah, 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 blah. But the option that most people can't simply deal with, and I understand it. It's the same, uh, it's the microcosm of the same, uh, process in the brain that causes schizophrenia, right? Let's say someone has massive trauma. They're abused as a child, so on and so forth. Sometimes the brain literally separates from reality and creates an illusion, a two-part brain. One is the reality of the trauma they went through, and one is the uh, is the delusional make-believe state. Now, most people in the world are not schizophrenic. Most of us don't go to that extreme, but most of us have pockets in our brain where we are not willing to see clearly. You must see clearly. You must not have the, you must have the fear. I mean, I'm sorry, you must have the courage to say, you know what? That guy did better than me. He probably lives in Beverly Hills in a mansion, or he probably lives in, you know, the Hamptons, or he probably lives in Aspen, or she probably worked harder than I did. Let's think about great people. You don't think they deserve to be there? You know, one fortunate uh, uh, thing that I have in my life of living in Hollywood and Hollywood Hills and ha- being able to interact with great celebrities and, and, you know, billionaires and people at the top, I was surprised to find 
that at every instance, every instance, they're extremely talented people. I just don't see the luck factor. Maybe you know something I don't know. But I know a hell of a lot of millionaires and billionaires. I know a hell of a lot of celebrities personally. I know a hell of a lot of musicians and sports uh, and athletes and authors and scientists and people who've won Nobel Prizes. And I've not, uh, you know, unfortunately, I haven't won a Nobel Prize. (laughs) I'm not even close. But I'm lucky that I've been able to spend time around those kind of people. And I'm telling you, they're talented. Don't fool yourself. Don't be part of the tall poppy syndrome. Don't be like this girl who just said, well, why are you holding up? Why are you making it seem so prestigious to be a billionaire? A billionaire is just like everybody else. Of course they're just like everybody else. They put one pant leg on at a time just like everybody else. But you know what? I guarantee you. The billionaires that are self-made, if you had a day with them, they would blow you away. The little things that they do differently and the big things, almost always, there are always exceptions. I mean, you can find people who inherited their money who are idiots. I'm not talking about inherited. That doesn't count. It's not all people with money that I admire. It's the people who have the story. You want the story. You want the story of the rags to riches. Some call it the American dream. You call it whatever you want to call it. Greatness, my friend. Don't ever hate on greatness. If anything, hate on your own lack of discipline. That's what I try to train my own brain to do. Whenever I feel the temptation to go, I go, no, Ty, think about something you could have done better. Rate yourself on a 1 to 10 yesterday. If that was your greatest effort, it will go down in history for your life at accomplishing great things. For some of you, it's changing the world uh, through physical health, through food systems, through changing the diets of people, through exercise. For some of you, it's wealth, amassing capital, acquiring resources so that you can allocate it to proper means, not materialism. Most billionaires I know are not very materialistic. Most of them have a big house and occasionally a nice car, but they're not really lavish spenders. Bill Gates has $60 billion. He drives a Prius. He bought himself a really big house. But you know what? He's not some crazed maniac like the billionaire Muammar Gaddafi who used all his money to you know, go out and kidnap women and cause death and desolation across a whole country. If you want to hate on a wealthy person, hate on Muammar Gaddafi, who fortunately is dead. Good thing. Good riddance. Saddam Hussein. Good riddance. You know? Horrible people we want to get rid of. Adolf Hitler was extremely wealthy. I mean, they, they, they took immense wealth from other countries. That is obviously not what I'm talking about. So, if you see a party, and it's saying, come rub shoulders with great people, with the elite of the world, don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Really. Why? First of all, I understand that there's clever arguments against capitalism. I'm a fan of reading Karl Marx. I'm not a communist, but he was a genius with many great points. Come on now. You know, there's Alexander Pope has a, has a uh, famous poem about the Pyrrhian well. He says, drink deeply at the well of knowledge or not at all. Anybody who tries to 
break down capitalism or America in some trite, simple sentence like, oh, America is headed downhill and it's a horrible and it only got here. It's just like Alexander Pope said. Read a little more. Learn a little more about both sides. It's not black and white. America's no saint and America's no devil. America's composed of humans and they're flawed and they have glimpses of greatness. And so does almost every country in the world. But some countries, I'm not somebody that feels the need to democratize greatness and say, oh, everybody's exactly the same. They're not. You, who would you want to marry? I'll prove this to you. I like to back it up. Who would you want your children to marry and your grandchildren? Average people? People who live lives of desolation, uh, of quiet desperation and fear? Is that who you'd want to marry for yourself? Or would you want to marry a top 10% or a top 1% or a top 5%? Or? I'm not judging that simply by wealth. There's people in the top 1% of wealth that are horrible people. I brought up Muammar Gaddafi. He's one of the wealthiest people in history. Horrible person. Should have been shot a long time ago if you ask me. Okay? But I'm talking about the top 1% all around. Health, wealth, love, happiness, ability to change the world, a little selfishness but a little altruism. All these balanced dichotomies that make us humans, humans. Who would you want to marry? Just an average person who settled for very little? Now, let me add, before I get any person too riled up, we all have different capacity. I do not have the brain power of Stephen Hawking. That's why I'm not a physicist, <laughs> Right? So, I should not be in com competition with him. What I truly consider the top 1% are people who max out their potential. Some people are born, I, I saw this amazing story of this guy, this Australian, I think his name is Nick something. He lost it, he was born with no arms and no legs. I don't think he's extremely wealthy, but he travels around the world inspiring children and, and, you know, schools and stadiums full of people. That to, uh, persevere no matter what, uh, no matter what illness or adversity you feel you've had. Cause his basic point is, whatever you think bad happened to you, abuse, I have no arms and legs. But he's happily married. He's changing the world. He's successful. He has a best-selling book. To me, he's a top one percenter. I put him right up in their category with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. The capitalists, I put them right up there with the great thinkers, Wittgenstein, Bertrand Russell, Spinoza. I put them right up there with the great religious figures, the Dalai Lama, Jesus Christ. I put them up with the great conquerors, Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar. I put them up with the people that we remember. So for you, everybody can get in the top 1%, but most people won't. I don't mean that in politically correct, oh, everybody can get an A. No, no. Not in my school, not everybody gets an A. But I don't simply always compare people to each other. That's one of the problems in the modern school system. What I love about the great coach John Wooden is he said, I'm going to grade you on your own capacity. If you have the capacity to get to a 1,000 points of accomplishment and you only get to 200, you have failed. But if you were born maybe with less capacity... That happens in many ways. Maybe you were born helpless, homeless, physical ailments, mental illness, whatever it might be. Your capacity might be 50, 
But if you get to 50, you've accomplished more. I truly believe that. Now, I do believe that impact, high level in the world, let me balance this out, will generally be done, uh, accomplished by people with higher capacity, uh, right? You know, Stephen Hawking is going to, and has already done more than most humans, I mean millions of other humans. So there's a difference between intrinsic, you know, quality uh, and and uh, kind of a subjective, or not even subjective, a, uh, I want to tread lightly here because this is often confusing for people. Let me put it simply. I think Hawking is more important than me. It's more important for the global community of humans. It doesn't mean he would have the right to walk up to me and push me off a cliff, right? I think this is common sense. So in a certain sense, we're equal. He doesn't have the right to murder me. I don't have the right to murder him. He must respect me as a human. Yet, yet, the world should give him more respect, should give his ideas more attention than mine. It's that simple. And if you can't cope with that, then go read Evolutionary Psychology by Dr. David Bliss. Go read Darwin. It's the way it is. If you believe in God, that's how God set it up. It's obvious. It's obvious. Again, people are equal, yet not equal. And you must be able to cope with that and not try to tear down those people who have more capacity. You know, I just finished this group, My Life by uh, Michael Jordan, The Life. Amazing book. These are the people that we should be holding up. We shouldn't be tearing Michael Jordan down. Read the story. The intensity of focus. The willing to take mistakes that paralyze most people and turn them into insatiable motivation for greatness. This is who I want to be looking up to myself. This is who I'd want my friends, my great-great-great-grandchildren. I want them to look to people like that. I don't want them to say, oh, Michael Jordan is just the same as everybody. We're all the same. Forget that. Forget that. Let other people think that. Let other people console themselves with delusion. You be a man enough or a woman enough to bear the hard truth. The world is a little bit unfair and it's okay. We live in the greatest of all times, even in an unfair world. You could still have a pretty good damn life. And remember, it's not all gravy at the top. Michael Jordan had his own shares of trials and tribulations, even though he made $500 million and lived a somewhat charmed life. I read he only worked two weeks in his whole life at a, pay, a job with a paycheck, right? You know, he lived a charmed life, but that's not to say he didn't have massive trade-offs. I mean, he couldn't walk outside. That's kind of an annoying life. So at the end of the day, we're all passing through time. Life is short. Life is fickle. Focus on those things. And by the way, this is a cognitive bias in the human brain. Evolution has designed us. We have been adapted to uh, naturally gravitate towards the negative because, and I don't want to get too long. It's a whole other conversation. One false alarm uh, is uh, better. I'm sorry. Uh, 99 false alarms is better than one death, right? So we evolved from grandparents, great, 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 great grandparents, 10,000 generations of parents before you, grandparents, your great, great grandparents, of people who were wary, who were skeptical, who were able to uh, uh, have a lot of focus on people's negatives just in case there is something wrong with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We want to focus on his dalliance with his nanny. But we live in an evolved world. 
we're going forward. You don't want to have a completely primitive brain. Some of your brain will always stay primitive, but you don't want it all to be primitive. So move on from it. Move on, adapt and evolve as a human being, and take that part of your brain that always wants to look to the negative, that always wants to tear down people better than you, and just slowly but surely train it out. Just like if you had a big gut, you'd slowly but surely change your diet, slowly but surely go jogging, and slowly but surely do some abs. <laughs> My friend is one of the top models in the world, Janelle, and he tells me, I was like, what's the secret? To why you have like an eight pack. And he's like simple. I jog four times a week. And I do Manny Pacquiao abs in the morning. It's a 10 minute workout you can get on YouTube. And he jogs. So why does he have uh, a better body than me? Why is he completely ripped? Is it because of luck? Is it because of something he inherited? Is it because uh, he did something immoral, illegal like most people? No. He just does what I don't do. He was more disciplined. Now, I've, you know, years ago I met him, and I'm much more disciplined now, and I see the results. That comes from not tearing down mentally in my mind, uh, Janelle, when I met him. I realized, here's somebody to learn from. The great line, the greatest part of this book with Michael Jordan, he's, even though he's the cockiest guy with immense levels of swagger and just almost turned people off, he, in actuality, was the most humble. Dean Smith at UNC only had to correct him once, and he would change his whole game. He was coachable and teachable. He didn't tear down great people. He considered Coach Dean Smith a great coach, maybe the greatest coach. That's why he went to UNC, or one of the reasons. And he listened to him. He didn't tear down. Don't be a hater. As I told you at the beginning, this girl was commenting on my blog. I just blocked her. She got super mad and Facebooked me. How dare you? Are you a coward? I said, no. Life's short. I don't want your energy around me. Simple as that. It's not a coward. It's not a coward to remember what Alan Nation told me. Don't try to teach a pig to fly. You can't do it and it bothers the pig. I was trying to share with her this message that I'm giving you to now. And she was, you know, just gradually descending into personal insults. And I have no time for that. I recommend for you. I'll tell you one of the... On a side note, one of the greatest mistakes uh, that I've made, and I, what I wish I could have learned when I was younger, you know, as a five-year-old, I wish someone had told me, there's an immense amount of people on this globe now, seven billion and rising. You only need, like Robin Dunbar, the great Oxford uh, anthropologist found in his research, Dunbar's number. You need about 150 allies in life. That's it. So you got seven billion be quick to cut the audition. I told you that I dated a girl that almost won American Idol once years, a couple years ago. She said she went to the audition in Orlando and 15,000 people shut, showed up. And they cut it in one day. One day of auditions, they cut it from 15,000 to like three or something like that. That's what you must do in the world. So don't suffer fools. Don't. Right? But remember, to be fair... The same level of judgment you pass upon other people, make sure you pass upon yourself. So when it comes to the subject we're talking about, and you meet people who are tearing down great people and saying, oh, don't be an elitist and don't focus on the great people. Everybody's all the same, kumbaya. Don't be too quick to judge them until you've already removed that from your own eye, like Jesus Christ said. Remove the 
log from your own eye before you remove the speck from others. But nonetheless, I will add, <laughs> far be it for me to add something to a great spiritual teacher, but I will say with a bit of humility that my additional advice on top of that is there is a time to cut people. And in my life, I've often made that cut too slow. I don't know if it's fear. I don't know if it's... I think it's uh, for all of us. Because our brains are only adapted to Dunbar's number, we evolved to just be in very small villages and groups. It's not that easy to cut people out of our lives. That's an unfortunate consequence of our adaptions over the last thousands of years, right? So uh, you must avoid that. So when you find people that have this tall poppy syndrome, meaning you have friends that whenever you bring up greatness, Whenever you bring up Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're like, well, he cheated on his girlfriend. Be very careful and be aware that they're showing signs of people. Just eliminate them from your life. They'll be better off because they don't want to be around you telling them to shut up. And you'll be a hell of a lot better off. Cut, cut, cut. But make sure, like I said, my mom used to say, we're all very forgiving of ourselves and not forgiving of others. Give people a chance. Let people change. Just like you want yourself, uh, you want to give yourself a chance. To change, but eventually enough is enough. Like baseball, three strikes, you're out. Give them three chances. I found in business, hiring people, uh, if people suck on day one, they rarely get better. <laughs> Why? Because if they don't make a good impression on the first day, I remember this girl we hired, she was a uh, secretary. Me and uh, John, we had a financial company, we still do in, in North Carolina, and uh, uh, this girl we hired to be a secretary or assistant or something. First day, she was late, and she had an excuse, oh my god, my car, na na na. And we didn't, I guess we were too forgiving. Because if you're, if you don't come half an hour early on your first day of work, you probably suck. Because you, you usually put up your best face first, right? First impressions. Think about dating, people you've dated. They usually act the nicest at the very beginning. Once in a while it's different, but almost always. So we let her go, you know, and we're like, oh, no problem. And sure enough, for the next two weeks, every couple days she had an excuse. That's why I have this friend. He, he runs a big hedge fund. Uh, young guy made hundreds of millions of dollars before he's 30 up in Canada. And, uh, I was talking to one of his, his former CEOs and he's like, dude, he cuts people so fast. That was the secret. He would hire fast and fire fast. They didn't impress people, you know, you right away, cut them out of your life. So on this specific topic, there's people you need to cut out of your life. I'm telling you, don't be around haters. I personally almost hate haters. I know it's ironic and I shouldn't, but I'm a man and I have emotions and sometimes they're strong, stronger than they should be. But uh, so be it, right? For you, watch out for the hatred of the elite. Love the elite. Almost all of the elite deserve to be there, really. People think, ah, oh, J-Lo, she's not a good singer. Yeah, but she's a good entertainer. Madonna, people say, ah, oh, she's not that talented. She has 155 IQ. She has the same IQ as Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. She's smart. She deserves to be there. You know how hard it is to be on top? Jay-Z, he's in the news, guys, because... He's talented. It's not a fluke. The world is not yet a crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. Never forget that. The good news for you is the inverse is possible. You will become the next Jay-Z, the next uh, Madonna, the next Einstein. If you can 
increase your deserve it factor. I talk about this in my academy. 67 steps to greatness. For some of you, that's to becoming a millionaire. For some of you, that's changing the world with a charity. There's still, I've found, about 67 steps you got to follow. And one of them is increase your worth a damn and increase uh, your overall deserve it factor. To get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. You're not going to get what you want or deserve it by hating on people who deserve it more than you. You must become obsessed with people who made it to the top. Not because you can always accomplish the same. Maybe you can accomplish more. But because they will be your guides. It's a long, hard life to learn it all on your own. I, as I've told this story before. I was six or seven years old, first or second grade, and I opened up a textbook and it said the world is round, not flat. They figured that out in, you know, 14, 1500s. And I just went with it. I didn't argue it. I said, well, smart people figured this out. I didn't need to go and measure the circumference of the planet and go into space and take satellite photos so I could see it with my own eyes. I went on faith of a body of accumulated work of great scientists, uh, both of our time and over the last hundreds of years. You can do the same, but you'll only do that by beginning to love and not hate the greats. Love it. And love the greatest more than the semi-greatest. Go straight to the top. When it comes to music, become fascinated first with Bach. People don't realize. I have all these friends that are great musicians here in Hollywood. I'm like, you do know that most people, in terms of highly knowledgeable people about music, are fascinated by Bach more than anyone. You hear tunes and sequences and uh, chord patterns from Bach played in almost every modern pop song from Katy Perry to, you know, Backstreet Boys. They're following and copying Bach. Bach is the foundation of modern jazz. It's the foundation in terms of structures of music. So if you want to be great at music, start at the greatest of the great. Bach, he was so great at one point in his life, he was writing one masterpiece a day for his job, and he was throwing him in the trash because he figured no one would want this much music and that he didn't realize how great he was. To him, he was just him. But we recognize some of the greatest music of all time. You want to see something funny? Put in the, uh, put in YouTube, all modern songs sound the same. And you'll see these funny Australian comedians showing you how every modern song or most of the great, from the Beatles to, you know, Justin Timberlake, follow about the same chord pattern. And if you know Baroque music, back in Bach, he was doing some of those uh, uh, classic chord structures. Go straight to the top if you're in music. If you are in health, man, if you're a guy, I can't think of anyone more at the top than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't care if he took steroids. Look at the man. Look at the life. Look at the other accomplishments. Look at, and of course there's plenty of other, look at Michael Jordan. Physique. Look at LeBron James. Go straight to the top. Obviously, LeBron was born with some uh, uh, amazing one in a billion set of genetics, but you can still learn from the top. You don't have to be born with the same set of genes to learn from them. And statistically, it's better chance of learning something great from great people. Don't hate on LeBron. Even if you don't like the Heat, <laughs> Miami Heat, you don't have to hate on him or Michael Jordan. Don't focus on the fact that Michael Jordan sometimes, you know, could be an ass to people. Who cares? He was a human and had his flaws. And I bet you, if you rake over your own life with a fine-tooth comb, 
they'd write a book about some of your flaws and some of my flaws too. So who cares? That's my definition of a hater. Somebody who ignores 10,000 amazing things and fixates on, you know, one little scandal 50 years into their life. Who cares? I don't care. Now, obviously, if the balance of their life is something insane like Adolf Hitler, I would not consider Adolf Hitler a great person or worth learning from. I accept to learn, you know, how not to be a deranged mass murderer. You know, I don't really study uh, Stalin. I don't study the Khmer, the, the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. I don't study Muammar Gaddafi. So I, I recommend you don't study horrible, infamous people. You know, occasionally I make an exception. I've, I've, I've been interested in Genghis Khan, but Genghis Khan lived in a time when everybody was barbaric. So even though he's evil by modern standards, I mean, everybody was doing that back there. So there's some subjective level, whether you read the Old Testament of the Bible, or, or you read, you know, Attila the Hun, or you read the Germanic tribes, pretty much all of our ancestors were barbaric in the times of Genghis Khan. So I, I do not consider, I consider him worth reading and learning from because he doesn't, if he was doing that in our modern world, he would probably have to have been a psychotic person. So you also have to have the wisdom to go, okay, is this person still great for the time? Or do I discount them? I recommend you discount and don't learn anything from Muammar Gaddafi, right? I just read a book. I mean, I rarely do this, but I happened to read a quick book about his life, and it was just insane, sickening descent into madness. It is very similar to Adolf Hitler or Stalin. I mean, Stalin's a horrible human being at every level. It's just horrible and left a legacy of just oppression and destruction for a whole, you know, Russia has immense natural resources and land and access to both Europe and Asia. And it just, he set it on a spiral and it's hard to recover from that spiral, right? So again, think about your life. How often are you a hater? I've been guilty of it. You have to think consciously to evolve and then get your brain. You're going to have to go from that animal instinct part of your brain that wants to do the tall poppy syndrome, that wants to tear down great people. You're going to have to cut that out of your life just like you would cut out belly fat. Slowly but surely. Over time, it will leave. You'll rewire the neural pathways and the heuristical patterns of decisions that you make on, and the epistemological understandings of knowledge and how you should know things. And they'll slowly weed out trickle away, and you'll be left with a mind that's refined enough to seek and be able to discern who you should emulate in life. That's what I want for you. I don't care if you're listening to this and you're 18 years old or 88 years old. Same thing. Everybody learns from great people. I was reading the interesting story of Casanova, you know, the great, the great, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you would define him, the first Hugh Hefner of history. And if you read him, he found mentors. I was reading, um, uh, God, I was reading somebody that, an unlikely uh, person. Yeah, I forget the other guy, but even Casanova, he learned from other people. He was good with women, but he learned from other people. It's amazing, this pattern. So if you hate on great people, if you hate on the elite, who's going to be left to teach you? You want to learn from average? I talk about this uh, in my academy. Some of you are in the academy. Some of you aren't, but you should consider it. It's on my website, tylopez.com. Uh, if you 
eliminate and degrade in your mind all great people, who are you going to learn from it? The law of 10% says you'll probably only do 10% of whoever you copy. So if you want to learn basketball, why not copy Michael Jordan? Because even if you're only 10% as good as Michael Jordan, you'll almost always be the best guy out there on the court. Right? If you want to learn how to make money, why not learn from George Soros? He made a billion dollars in one day in a trade he did in the stock market. Why not? Because even if you're only 10% as good, you might have a hell of a lot of money in your bank account. So if you always are one who tears down those great people, then guess what? You have nobody left to copy. So you're going to be left copying guys and girls who make 100000 If you only do 10% of that, your business is going to do $10,000 a year. If you're always degrading Arnold Schwarzenegger's body, man, if you could have 10% of the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger, then guess what? You'd look pretty damn good. You don't need all those muscles, but a little bit of them wouldn't hurt you if you're a man or a woman. I saw a University of New Mexico study. The only known thing they were able to isolate that actually slows and possibly reverses the growth of telomeres at a cellular level, which is the process of aging, was lifting weights. So I don't care if you're a woman or not. Nobody wants to die, like Tecumseh said. Seek to make your life long and as purpose in the service of your people. You need to live long. My grandfather, tragedy of tragedies, smoked. He died before his other five grandchildren could ever meet him. I'm the only one who really met him. Tragedy. Such a brilliant man who died because he just wouldn't learn from anybody. The Surgeon General, back in the 40s or 50s, and by the way, the Surgeon General is generally one of the most esteemed, respected doctors in the country. He said, Hey, we did studies and cigarettes probably aren't good for you. But my grandpa was like, ah, what does that guy know? He was cocky. He was a hater. He wasn't like Michael Jordan and said, hey, if a great person says something that seems counterintuitive to me, let me be humble enough to turn on a dime. My grandma, though, turned on a dime. But most people didn't. She said she quit overnight when she read that health warning on that came out. I think it was in the 50s or maybe in the 60s. My grandpa didn't and he died of emphysema at 76. He would have lived, he was fine. He would have lived another 10 or 20 years. But no, he robbed himself and he robbed his grandchildren. That can't be you. Remember I said the greatest tragedy is the loss of time and potential. Don't lose potential. Be like Eleanor Roosevelt. Remember Life's like a parachute jump. You gotta get it the f- right the first time. Maybe there's reincarnation, but we don't know that. All we know now is this is your one shot. So get it right. Even if you're religious and you believe in afterlife or you believe in reincarnation, the message in your religion is still do the best with what you have. Now, alive, that is the story of Christianity and Islam and Judaism and Buddhism. It's now. Now. Time is an illusion. All we know is now. The past is a dream and the future is an illusion. Focus on today. That's why I ask people, what have you done today that gets you closer to being the next blankety blank? Whoever it is that you aspire to be, whatever industry, whatever field, what have you done today to deserve to get the results of Oprah Winfrey, to get the results of Julius Caesar, to get the results of William Shakespeare, to get the results of Bertrand Russell, to get the results of Pablo Picasso or Bach or Bill Gates or Bill Clinton or Margaret Thatcher 
or Nelson Mandela. What have you done? Have you done anything? Because I could tell you, the world's not yet a crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. Those people got where they were because they earned it. Their deserve it factor was high. Get your deserve it factor high as hell. Spend 30% of your disposable income on education, knowledge, getting on a plane, traveling around the world, hunting down people. I mean, and I say that in, in a nice way, hunting down, tracking down amazing people and say, can I take you out to dinner? Jim Rohn, the great life coach. If you haven't listened to Jim Rohn, I mean, I only wish I could be 10% as good as Jim Rohn. If you go to YouTube, there's a four-hour talk by Jim Rohn. I recommend you listen to it 10 minutes a day for the next month or two. It will revolutionize your life. And one thing he says is poor people should take rich people out to dinner. And poor people say, well, why should I take rich people out to dinner? Rich people have the money to buy themselves food. And Jim Rohn answers, well, that's why you're poor because you're not an investor. I talk about that. Consumer versus inventor, investor. Spend 30% of your disposable income on books. I spent $30,000, $32,000 last year on Amazon books. You don't have to go that far. I like, particularly love books. Go to seminars. Buy online courses. Take people out to dinner who know more than you. Don't be dollar why a penny wise and dollar foolish don't go well what if this book turns out to not be worth $17 what book is not worth $17 what else are you going to spend it on burgers that'll be gone today after you eat them you're going to be like Mike Tyson made $400 million or so in his career spent $10 million on a birthday one time the foolishness why would you spend $10 million on a birthday it doesn't increase the quality of the birthday I mean, you could spend a hundred thousand flying in all your friends, and that's great. But ten million, you know, the guy spent whatever two percent of his total net worth on one birthday, and the next day it was gone. Consumer or investor? He was being a consumer, and he went through and wasted four hundred million dollars. With four hundred million dollars made in the eighties, had he done it right, he'd be one of the wealthiest per- people in the world right now. Let's all learn from Mike Tyson. He's my neighbor. I see him pumping down gas down there. The great thing about Mike Tyson, to his credit, is he's recovered, learned his lessons, and lived an amazing life. But you don't need to learn from the mistake and go, oh, he learned from his mistake. Let me learn. Don't learn from mistakes. Move on. Move on. Learn from his. You want to lose $400 million yourself? No, just learn from his. We only learn from mistakes, but learn from other people's. Move on. Now, notice when I talk about Mike Tyson, it's easy to hate on him, right? I don't want to be misconstrued. I wasn't hating on him. I was stating facts and then spinning his accomplishments in my brain towards the positive. Notice what I did there. It's okay to learn from the lessons of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's mistakes. He learned from his lessons, but I didn't fixate on it. When I think of Mike Tyson, I think of greatness to rise to the heavyweight champion, to be under the pressures that he was and still persevere, to rise out of horrible circumstances. I think he's from Brooklyn or the Bronx in New York, the ghetto and like out on the streets as a young boy and to fight his way to the top is an amazing story. And that's what I focus on with Mike Tyson. I heed the warnings of his mistakes, but I don't fixate it on. You don't fixate. Don't fixate. Move on. Don't hate on Mike Tyson. Love all the greatness and learn from the few mistakes he made. And then, of course, you can learn from the cover he did. Every single... I was reading, you know, Michael Jordan didn't win his state championship. He took that pain 
and used it to drive him to win six, I think, six NBA rings. That's what you must do. But like I said, you can learn from him. You don't even have to have the pain. You can do more. That's the beauty of the life. If you can get rid of the hate on the elite in the world, if you can stop looking and tearing down millionaires and billionaires and even supermodels. Women love to hate on beautiful women. Why? Why? Now, of course, some beautiful women were just born that way. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around some of the most beautiful women in the world. You know, some of the stuff I do in the model industry and live in Hollywood and so on, owning nightclubs and all this. And I'll tell you, most beautiful women that I've met, you know, as they get older, stay beautiful by what they do. There's something to learn there. Why hate? What's the point? Of course she inherited some of her looks. You're not born a super, I mean, you, you know, you're kind of born a supermodel, but I'll tell you, there's thousands of women born with tremendous capacity for beauty who eat hamburgers and don't take care of themselves and run themselves down. So when you find somebody who's at the top, so look at some of these, you know, like Christy Brinkley, the supermodel. She's still beautiful now. Look at Tyra Banks, right? She's parlayed her natural looks into an empire. Focus on those beautiful people. I hate on her. She got, she, when she was young, she used her looks and made millions of dollars, but then she parlayed that into a career spreading the message of her, you know, Tyra Banks show, whatever she talks about on there. I don't really watch it, but I, I admire her. Of course, like, I'm sure you hear the rumors that she's not, you know, that she's got an attitude. I don't want to focus on that. Who cares? I know that if I comb, uh, you know, go through with a hair, uh, fine tooth comb over every person's life, that there's something to hate on. It's too boring for me. Don't be boring. You know, I was talking about at the beginning of this, this, this girl who just wrote in, started writing all this, oh, you know, you're having a party and you're saying great people will be there and, you know, writers and authors and scientists and millionaires and models and all that. And oh, how dare you? This materialism is the problem in the world. I'm like, no, it's not. The problem is people like you that hate on it. If everybody in the world was looking up to le- legitimate people, now I'm not talking about the Kardashians. Who inherited their money or somehow, you know, from the mom. The mom's a genius with Kardashians. I mean, and again, I don't even hate on the Kardashians. I just use that for purposes of this conversation. I'm not talking about, you know, that scenario right there. We shouldn't all be looking up to her, in my opinion. Kim Kardashian is not as worthy of the admiration that she gets compared to Stephen Hawking. But, 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 but. If we could live in a world where everybody was looking up to the Stephen Hawkins of the world, the Michael Jordans of the world, that's what I'm talking about. Not the tabloid type people. Not the people who haven't accomplished much. I'm not talking about the Paris Hiltons. I didn't say I'm doing a party at my house with Paris Hilton. And I just wanted to block that girl on commenting. Why? It's just boring. I mean, I, you know how to bore me? Start instantly saying, oh, capitalism is bad. America's bad. I'm like, compared to who? Who's the good one? Who's the good one? Sweden? I love Sweden. I lived in Sweden. You think, I've been to Sweden. It's full of humans, just like America. For all the greatness there in Sweden and the amazing system they have, there's plenty of flaws. Ask people of Sweden. Ask them what Jontelagen is. The law of Jonta. Where they feel they hold each other back. Ask them. They got flaws. So where, where's the great place? When you say America's not great and it's a horrible place, where's the great one, my friend? Brazil? Cutting down the rainforest at an insane rate? Oh, but that's the Americans. That's the Americans cutting down. No, it's not. Brazilian government has tremendous power. 
over what they do. They change the law. You have to have a visa. They could change the law and say multinational companies can't buy land in the rainforest. They could. So they're human just like me. Brazil's not a good country. It's not a bad country. It's just a country. But I'll tell you this. Different countries get different results. You can't hate on the results of the United States completely. Where did most Nobel Prize come from? Right? Where do great medical breakthroughs generally come from? It's not all America, but it's a hell of a lot of it. Right? So where's the great country and the bad country? I get so bored with people who just draw these blanket assumptions. It's the sign of an unrefined and weak mind to just draw these massive statements. It's like, are you in the Stone Ages? Do you believe like it's thundering because God's waking up and yawning? Is that your brain power? Because you're boring to me. I want to meet people who have nuanced conversations about amazing people. I want to meet the person who's like, yeah, Bill Clinton. Amazing here, amazing there. Grew up in a mobile home in Arkansas. Became a Rhodes Scholar with a single mother. Married a woman, Hillary Clinton, that he said is the smartest woman that I ever met. Right? He had the... He wasn't as shallow as people thought. He married a woman. Now, did he have his little dalliances? Yeah, he admitted it. He said, sorry. That's enough. When you've said sorry, you want people to forgive you. So forgive him too. Whoever has the speck, uh, the log in their own eye, remove it first before you look at the speck in his life. Sure, I could focus on a few bad things. I read he did a presidential pardon of this guy who was a very suspect oil trader who did business and was supposed to be executed in Bill Clinton. I mean, I don't know. sounds like something somewhat corrupt, but you know the nature of politics is a little bit corrupt. I'm a big boy. I don't see the world in black. Oh, it's unjust. It's unfair. Well, you know what might be unfair? Is the fact that the iPhone you're listening to this podcast was probably put together by child labor in Asia. Does that Do you really hold yourself to a high standard and say, holy shit, I'm participating in uh, social injustice around the world? When you eat the food that you're eating at your table right now, I don't care if organic. One of my first businesses, I know immense amounts about. I've traveled to 51 countries studying ecosystems and agriculture and sustainable agriculture. If you think because you eat organic that everything you're doing is great, you don't understand anything about food systems. Do you understand about the carbon cycle, about glaciated soils, and what's happening in the world with tillage? You think ethanol was great for the world? Do you realize, as Alan Nation told me, more of the world's been plowed up, most of the arable land in steep hillsides, causing massive degradation and erosion? See, if I want to nitpick on you, I bet you I could. But it's the mark of a refined mind to go, we're all moving towards something, hopefully it's a good thing, and we make a few mistakes, and we're open-minded. We're not black and white. You see, my friend, me and you are as guilty of almost Everything we would point our finger at other people. So that's why I said don't hate on the elite because you're the same way. What would you do if you had inherited a billion dollars? Would you be a saint? Well, then don't hate on somebody who's an a-hole with their money. Understand them. You don't have to admire that particular person. But come on. Enough with the weak-minded judgment. Make astute and accurate judgments. And those are okay. I'm not saying never put somebody in their place. That's okay. But just make sure you do yourself too. Right? Where's that electricity coming from? That you're listening to this and downloading it. The server farms that are running the internet and Google are causing immense environmental degradation. 
Do you care about that? Did you care about that? Bill Clinton cared about stuff. He tried many things. There's clear instances of that. Didn't do it perfect. But why are you tearing down that man? Or why are you tearing down Mahatma Gandhi? Or why are you tearing down Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is it, are you coming from a position of strength? You know, when I live at the Amish for two and a half years, it's interesting. I met a guy who was very obsessed with social justice and he was a genius guy and he walked to the farm from Massachusetts to Virginia that I was on and I asked him, why'd you walk there? Why do you, he made his own clothes like Gandhi with a needle because he said, you know what? Most clothes are made in sweatshops. And I don't want to participate in that. And I said, why'd you walk over this mountain? Why'd you walk 800 miles to get here versus get on a plane? He said, well, most fuel is uh, being processed, refined, dug out of the oil in some way. That's unethical. And he's right. I just read this world, the secret world of oil. Read the secret world of oil. You and I, they're using fossil fuels, all the plastic all the electricity that you use, all the fertilizer that's going into the food that you enjoy is coming at a cost. So if you're so concerned about justice, why aren't you concerned about the own injustice? See, that guy, see, that guy, he, his name was Eben. I think Eben had the right to say, I am going to hold out my finger and point my finger at the flaws of modern society because he, like Mahatma Gandhi, was not committing the injustice himself that he was accusing other people of. Think about that for a second before you get too high-minded. Like this girl commenting who was trying to tear down people at the top. You know, people at the top are humans. You can learn great things. And then you take that and go on to get rid of all the injustices in the world. Do you really care? Do you spend all your extra disposable money on feeding the poor? The New Testament, there's a book of James. And again, I'm not, I quote the New Testament simply because I grew up Christian. And I know that book, I mean, better than most, but I'm not really religious anymore. But I still take the best from it. And Book of James says, what is true religion? Feeding orphans and widows in their distress. Do you care about orphans? When's the last time you were at an orphanage? Then don't talk to me about Arnold Schwarzenegger and why it matters so much to you. And you can't learn from him because he had an affair with his wife, uh, with his nanny. I'm not saying you should admire it. I'm saying you can call a spade a spade and saying that's a mess up. I have no problem with that. I'm not an absolute subjectivist in terms of morality. But at the same time, I'm just saying, follow what Jesus said. You know, there was that story. For those of you who don't know, there was all these uh, Pharisees and religious people that picked up stones. And Jesus walked up and they were about to take those stones. And literally, they still there's a movie about this. This still happens in certain countries, I think in Iran, where they stone women to death caught in adultery i don't know why they don't stone the man too but apparently it's a very chauvinistic uh, unfair understanding of punishment so jesus christ is walks up to this crowd and they're throwing stones are about to throw stones at this woman and he says what did she do and she said we caught her red-handed in the act of adultery she's a married woman we found her literally we saw her sleeping with another man we are going to throw stones what do you have to say about that and jesus said he of you who is without sin should throw the first stone. Profound at the highest level. It blows, think about that for a day. Cause that's the gist of everything I'm talking about. He or she who is without sin, throw the first stone. And that story ends, that parable, 
by everybody putting the stones down and walking away. And Jesus then walked up to that woman and he said, go and sin no more. So he didn't let her off the hook. He didn't say what you did was great. He just said, listen, stop doing that. So in the same way, let's take that attitude. That was a great spiritual teacher. Why not take the attitude of Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, hey man, he's human. I might have done the same thing. 50% of people in the world now commit adultery. So it's not like, ooh, we need to focus on Bill Clinton committing adultery. No, focus on the greatness. Focus on a man with an immense uh, mind and a mind for generally for good. He could have been a businessman and tried to make a billion dollars. He has the same IQ again as Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. But he decided to devote it and he got a job as a president of the United States that pays $250,000 a year. God, I mean, 250 grand, he lived in poverty relative to what he could do. Of course, he gets some fringe benefits as the president. You get your own plane and White House, but you know what I'm saying. The man devoted himself to societal change. Why be a hater? Don't be boring. If I ever meet you and your first thing is, I'm just going to be like, you're boring. Get away from me. And I suggest you have that attitude with people too. And it, call me out on it too. I make this mistake plenty of getting too uh, judgmental. When Now, again, there's a time to be judgmental. I'm not asking you to never pass judgment. Even Jesus Christ in that story, he said, go and sin no more. The implication there is you made a mistake. He judged her. Nothing wrong with judgment. Just saying, when you're talking specifically about role models, don't fixate on their errors. Unless it's absolutely horrific and egregious and, you know, just... Un, you can't look by it, past it. Like Stalin, you can't look past the fact that the man killed 20 million people. He just is a genocide. Read, you know, life in the one day in the life of Ivan Denisovich. You know, read these horrible stories of of what Stalin did. He did too many things bad. I don't feel like we need to take the Jesus Christ approach with horrible people like that. But I'm not asking you to look to those people. I'm saying look to Oprah Winfrey. Look to her. Of course, if you look over everything in our life, I'm sure he's got flaws. I think I've gotten my point across. So I hope this has been helpful. I want you to think right now and leave me a comment on this one simple question, answering this one simple question. An example of a person you've hated on that's a great person that you need to take it back and turn them into a role model. Think hard. This is a little bit of a challenge. I like to end each thing I talk about with a question. Do that. Try that. It's not that easy. Let's see if you can do it. For me, um, uh, I, you know, as I think through, um, I think, you know, in some ways, Michael Jordan was one. <laughs> Part of that's because I like the Los Angeles Lakers, so I was always looking for something wrong with the rival Bulls. But I, I also, you know, I, I thought that he was just born with immense talent till I read that book, and I was like, oh, I just, I fell prey to that problem I was talking about. And now I realize, you know what, uh, he really applied himself. Probably thousand people were on that planet with the same natural ability, but not the internal drive, the willpower that he exerted. So that's that's probably my example. Think of one. Leave me a comment. Put it on my Twitter. It's at tylopez.com. Join about 163,000 people on my Twitter, uh, my website. Check out my academy, 67 Steps to Greatness, Becoming a Millionaire. That's tylopez.com. Instagram. You could see my lifestyle, the things that are important to me in a picture version. I love Instagram. It's at, my Instagram is, 
my name, Ty Lopez, and the number one, Ty Lopez one. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Ty Lopez Official. I put a lot of stuff special only on YouTube. Check out my channel, subscribe. If you're on a podcast listening to this, do me one favor. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Blackberry, leave me a review. Give me an honest assessment, what you think of this, my podcast. Five-star rating if you think it's five. One if you think I'm full of crap. <laughs> Be honest. Subscribe and, and leave me a review. Hopefully, even if you don't agree with everything I say, which I hope not everybody does because I make plenty of mistakes. I'm just sharing with you my thoughts and where I am now. So my hypothesis for life today. I'm searching for the grand theory. Health, wealth, love, and happiness. This is where I am today at this point in my life. If I find that my theories are wrong, I'll be recording podcasts correcting my mistakes. If you have answers that I don't see, I'm open to that. I love it. Just, as I said, follow two rules, two rules only. Don't be mean-spirited. Don't call me names. Don't have weak, logical fallacies that argue ad hominem. Don't focus on me on person because if you examine my life, you'll also find flaws. Give me real reasons why you disagree. That's all I ask. Don't be mean and give real, factual rationale. I try to quote from people, whether it be from Jesus Christ or you know Michael Jordan, I try to back up what I say. Uh, I'm sure I don't always do it perfectly, but uh, I'd ask that you follow those two rules. And let's have a conversation. You can do it on my site, tylopez.com. Join my book of the day. I have a one point, uh, I don't know, I lose track, three or four million people in 40 countries on there. I read a book a day. I recommend you read a book a day. But if you don't have time to do it, I'll do it for you. I write summaries. Uh, I don't always get them out every day as much as I'd like to. But uh, I'm a busy businessman, investor. But uh, I do post almost every day on my Instagram and my Twitter uh, and Facebook. So, Join the, the free book of the day. For those of you very interested who really want to uh, accelerate and are willing to jumpstart your life uh, in a much more intense way, 20% of you listening, join my academy. It's on my site, the Millionaire Mentor Academy. What I've learned from self-made millionaires in 51 countries uh, and traveling as an entrepreneur since I was about 18 years old from my five mentors and uh, their mentors. So it's very powerful. It's a white to black belt system. You can stay in it for as short as one month or as long as four years. Uh, it's powerful. I don't care if you make $10,000 a year or $10 million. Uh, it's built around things that I've learned from people with immense knowledge in business. It's for business, although it is an entrepreneurialism, although I think it's applicable to everybody because everybody needs to make money at some point in their life. Even Mother Teresa the Saint spent a lot of her time trying to raise money. <laughs> so this is vital that you learn this. It's specifically focused on uh, business, self-improvement, but it also delves into every area of life. But that's the specific focus, white to black belt. Uh, like I said, if you already make a lot of money, trust me, There's I put things in there from people making a hell of a lot more than I make and probably than you make. My, my good friend is making a million bucks a day right now. So if you are at that level, maybe you can... Teach me and add to the system. I would love to always be taught. But for most people, if you're not at the million-dollar-a-day level, I think you'll find something very uh, fascinating in the whole system, right? It's made up of recorded uh, classes, a library of things that I think are important, things that I only share with people in the private academy. I charge for it, and I never apologize for charging. If you're too cheap to pay for education, you don't deserve it. And I'm not just talking about my own education. I put my money where my mouth is. Like I said, $32,000 spent on books last year. That, that, that's, I expect high things of myself and other people. 
if you really want greatness. If you want average, uh, then what I talk about is not important. And anyway, I charge a, a very small amount of money for it, but Joel Salton said, always charge because people don't value what you don't charge for. If you are truly in poverty, I give scholarships. But don't come to me, you know, driving around your $20,000 car and tell me about poverty. I'm talking about real poverty. When I was young, I used to play basketball in big high school, and one of my friends lived in the projects, Leon Champion. Rest in peace. He died in prison years after we were friends, unfortunately. A sad story, but I remember being at his house, waking up, and one night I was like 16, I went to his kitchen, there was nothing in there. One bottle of mustard, I remember. He was 16 years old like me, and every day, he got free lunches at the school. His mom had no money. His mom got involved in crime, and had no money. And they, he would not eat on Saturday and Sunday, because there was no school. And then he would basically starve till, you know, Monday came around. He became diabetic, because he didn't have access to good food. So, so I know what real poverty is. I was born in Long Beach. Uh, I've been around poverty. If that is you, I hope we can join forces and you can get out of that. I believe it's possible if you are that person who is in a state like Leon, uh, I offer scholarships. Please respect the scholarships and do not ask me uh, to for one if you have, you know, if you make more than, 15 grand a year, don't ask me. Go borrow the money from somebody and turn off your TV, cable bill. That'll save you. Don't eat Starbucks for a month, and you can afford the program that I have. And if you don't do my program, go buy and find another program. There's no program like the one I built because I've never seen one uh, that you can stream 24-7 whenever on your own schedule, all built around self-made millionaires, not just you know textbooks. Uh, but if that doesn't suit you, my program, go find another one. I, I want you to spend money on things that are important. All right, so tylopez.com, check it out. There should be a link. Talk to you soon. Stay strong. By the way, as I do these, if you hear noises outside, it's because I do these casually. I don't do these for money. I give these podcasts away for free, and I like to do it while I walk outside of my house, so cars drive by sometimes. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't sound too professional, but who cares, right? It's all about knowledge. Who cares whether it comes formally or not? So hopefully it's been helpful. Leave me a review. Leave me a comment. Uh, good or bad, just be nice about it. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much.